The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. Welcome to the show, my friends. Brought to you courtesy of Border Hawk News. And I want to thank them for their sponsorship. If you want to know anything about immigration anywhere in the world, particularly what's happening here in our own backyard, my friends, Border Hawk News is the place to go. They will they will provide all sorts of information to you. Um, all right, so who do we have? Let's. Uh, we've got a very, very packed program for you today, my friends. Lots of things happening, including including the um, uh, uh, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, sending a busload. Well, he's actually sent several busloads at this point of uh, illegal aliens to Washington D.C. Uh, we'll talk about what that impact has, as well as what is happening at the border and what impact that has uh, here at the border in in Texas. Uh, the governor has ordered, and rightly so, he should. He's ordered uh, comprehensive, complete, and total inspections, some very extensive inspections of the trucks that are ca- crossing from Mexico. Now, uh, you will say, well, what are they inspecting? They're inspecting, uh, they're checking for various things. They're checking for the brakes. They're checking for the safety of the um, of the vehicle. Because, my friends, in Mexico, anybody can be driving anything. I mean, literally. It could be pulled by a burro. In fact, when I was on my mission in Mexico City, we actually saw, uh, on one occasion, a truck being pulled by a couple of burros uh, down the street. And uh, the guy was, um, there was one guy driving the, uh, uh, the, the, the burros, the donkeys, while there was another guy actually sitting in the car uh, driving the truck with the, uh, 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 at the steering wheel. I mean, it was amazing to watch. It was, you know, but this is, and, and, you know, no cop in sight, nobody to tell him, you know, that's very dangerous or anything of the nature. Nope. So, um, you know, that's the attitude that these people bring across the border. I mean, we don't know how dangerous those trucks are. Never mind, we don't know what they're carrying. You know, some of them are carrying all sorts of things in their, in their uh, compartments, in their wheels, uh, under the chassis, I mean, all over the place. So um, we applaud that, uh, that uh, these inspections that are going on. However, the, uh, the governor, uh, uh, the uh, Chamber of Commerce, and uh, the Mexican government are having a fit over it. So let me tell you who we've got real quick, and then we'll, um, we'll go to uh, our program. We first of all have uh, Mr. Prince Preston Hannikins, uh, who is with FAIR, the, the um, uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform. Very, very, in my opinion, the most uh, powerful group lobbying for, uh, uh, for border security in Washington, D.C. Preston, uh, I, I, I called him and I wanted to get his perspective of the uh, illegal aliens that are arriving in Washington, D.C. Uh, because, uh, you know, we, we, we need to understand the, the actual, uh, rea- the, the actual uh, happening because the, uh, the news media is starting to filter the thing. So anyway, we've got Preston Hennekins from FAIR. We also have Todd Benzman, my very, very good friend from the Center for Immigration Studies. He's going to be talking about the impact of the trucks at the border. Uh, Then we also have Mr. Dave Gibson, another very good friend of mine from the uh, Illegal Alien Crime Report. My friends, the number of child molesters that are being caught at the border, caught, heaven knows how many are getting through, is outrageous, outrageous. Uh, Finally, we have Ms. Crystal Keene. Uh, from Parents United, and she is uh, going to chat with us about um, the uh, local efforts here in San Antonio of parents uh, to get accountability of the school board. So, my friends, sit back and enjoy. Thank you for joining us. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. Howdy, 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 once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And we've got uh, a good friend of ours, Mr. Preston Hennekins from FAIR in Washington, D.C. And I wanted to get him on uh, because uh, as of uh, today, and we're, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, we are seeing uh, buses arrive, a few buses arrive in Washington, D.C. with illegal aliens from Texas uh, that the governor is sending up there, as well as we are also seeing 
um, a bunch of trucks backing up at the border, uh, at the border uh, cities here in uh, here in Texas as well, all due to uh, Governor Greg Abbott's actions, which he has taken. So, Preston, first of all, uh, tell us about uh, tell us your your thoughts and what reactions are going on regarding the illegal aliens that are arriving in in, um, in DC. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the first uh, busload arrived yesterday morning. Uh, I understand that there was another bus that arrived um, today, earlier in the day. And, um, you know, funny enough, they were actually dropped off not too far um, from Fair's office here in Washington, D.C. They were dropped off um, near the Capitol. And then I believe the bus that arrived today was dropped at the steps of the Capitol. And um, from, from what we see, it, it seems like these are all uh, illegal aliens who were detained uh, and processed in Texas who then uh, volunteered to be a part of this um, this effort to, to come up to, to D.C. And from from everything we've seen is that they stepped off the bus. Uh, the the um, CBP officers that were in D.C. and that were on the bus with them simply cut off the um, the wristbands they had and, and let them walk off and, and be on their way. Um, and that, you know, that doesn't encapsulate the, you know, Biden administration's response to the border crisis. I don't know what does, because now you've got, you know, these, uh, I, I understand it was only about 40 people in each bus. Um, but they're they're free to to go about their their lives in D.C. Um, and there's seeming in there's seemingly no no effort to to give them notices to appear or anything like this. So um, you know, hopefully, this is something that that Congress will see as a as a very real thing that's going on. It's it's something that obviously uh, y'all in Texas are dealing with every single day, um, and it's something that we don't necessarily uh, uh, see firsthand um, in Washington. So hopefully, you know, Congress will see this and and will begin working with uh, the. Um, you know, state of Texas to, to um, put something together to make this more sustainable. It, you know, the colonization of America, and that's the only way that I can phrase it, the colonization of America with uh, illegal immigrants all over the country, uh, you know, shipping them all over the country has been going on for some time. Uh, it, do you think that, uh, you know, this very, very visible arrival of people in uh, in Washington, D.C., in the, in the capital of the United States, and then nothing happened? Do you really think that uh, that might have an impact on, on Capitol Hill? You know, I I, I hope that it does, but uh, you know, being a pessimist, I'm not sure that it will because you know these are the you know, for instance, um, you know, the Washington D.C. area, uh, North Virginia, Maryland, you know, these are places that are very welcoming uh, to illegal aliens. So it's it's not as if that they're being dropped off in in you know a place where they're going to be you know discriminated or anything like that. In fact, it'll be the exact opposite. They'll probably be given, you know, welcomed with open arms. There's a million uh, nonprofit uh, and non-governmental organizations that are up here um, working to to encourage the additional arrival of, of illegal aliens. And so, you know, a lot of them probably wanted to end up here uh, to reunite with family or, or find jobs or whatnot. So while I, while I do appreciate, um, you know, Governor Abbott trying to, to – to show Congress, hey, this is this is a problem, and this is how we're we're trying to deal with it. Uh, I'm afraid it's going to fall on deaf ears um, here in D.C. I, I don't get the sense um, that even with this, um, you know, really powerful display, that there's going to be any real uh, impetus for for Congress to change what it's been doing, and particularly for the Biden administration to change what they've been doing. Um, we don't get the sense that that anything is going to stop them from achieving their goals uh, of bringing as many illegal aliens into the United States as possible. Wow, amazing. Yeah, because I do remember that, for example, the the Maryland suburb of Tacoma Park uh, was, uh, years ago, was already talking about uh, allowing illegal aliens to vote in their elections. I mean, you know, so you're right. I mean, that area is very, very welcoming. Let's talk about this, uh, this situation at the border with the trucks. Um, what is your perception about that? Do you think that's uh, something that uh, is going to attract uh, the attention of Mexico as well as uh, uh, have any kind of impact on, uh, on immigration, uh, uh, on the border crisis? Right, yeah. This is a, a unique way, I think, for, for Governor Abbott to, to address what's been happening at the border uh, by, by you know, increasing inspections uh, at the ports of entry uh, between Texas and Mexico, uh, you know, it, it, it's common sense in my mind. You know, the, we know how much how much fentanyl is coming through the southern border from Mexico into the United States and into Texas. We know, you know, how much narcotics and cocaine and other 
other drugs are being smuggled through the border uh, and how many people are being smuggled through the border. Um, you know, it's, it's not all uh, asylum seekers who are trying to find Border Patrol agents. You know, we know that the number of gotaways, uh, as reported by the Department of Homeland Security, has been increasing every single month. Uh, and these are people who, who Border Patrol sees but are either not able to apprehend or, or do not apprehend them. And so what that tells us is that there's a growing number of people who are evading Border Patrol. Um, and so I think anything that Governor Abbott is able to do to to increase inspections, to to try and stop you know this from happening, I think is a positive thing. And I know that I'm sure the officials across the border in Mexico are, are howling over this uh, because it does have an impact on uh, on commerce across the border. But but I think this is something that uh, that Governor Abbott takes very seriously, and we wish that other you know, other states and our federal government took this seriously. We know how much of an impact drugs and illegal immigration is having on our country. And, and even to, to take this small step from Texas, I think, is a positive sign. Now, um, the uh, I believe I read this morning that um, the governor of Florida, Governor DeSantis, has, um, uh, well, I, you know, pulled, and, and, and I call it that he's pulled the rug, the welcome rug, away from his state because he has said that illegal aliens will not be able to receive state services in his state, which, in my opinion, is going to be a big discouragement to anybody coming to his state. Your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, ju- just like um, Governor Abbott in Texas, Governor DeSantis in Florida has, has really been a trailblazer in, in showing us what can be done at the state level to, to try and, and uh, prevent illegal aliens from settling uh, in their states. And I think this is a, it's a move that um, he's taken to say, look, you know, illegal aliens are already not able to benefit um, from most federal programs, uh, but there are a number of states uh, that allow them to benefit from state-level programs. And California and New York are a great example of this. And what DeSantis is saying is he's just doubling down and saying, look, Florida is not going to be one of these states that gives statewide benefits to illegal aliens living in Florida. It's not going to happen. And this is a, it's something that I think Republican governors across the country should, should look at. Um, and even Democratic governors across the country who are seeing the impact that, that having large numbers of illegal aliens in your state, it's drawing on resources um, and taking, taking opportunities and resources away from Americans, uh, from American citizens of their states. And so I think what Governor DeSantis is doing uh, is fantastic, and, and you know we've applauded him. Um, you know not only on this front, but for for many of the things that he's done um, as governor in Florida, um, really trying to to tackle the problem of illegal immigration there. You got it, buddy. I thank you very very much for taking time on this short notice uh, to uh, chat with us and give us a perspective of what's happening right there in D.C. today, as well as uh, uh, your perspective of what's happening. Uh, on the national scale, on this, uh, to, you know, with this with this border crisis that uh, the Biden administration clearly, clearly is not addressing and seems to be fanning the flames instead. No, absolutely, and I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to come on and, and talk about these important issues. And uh, unfortunately, they're not going away anytime soon. So uh, happy to come back anytime. You got it, buddy. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend. Mr. Preston Hennigans from uh, FAIR in Washington, D.C. Tell the folks where they can follow FAIR and uh, contribute. Absolutely. We encourage everyone to visit our website, fairus.org, and we encourage everyone to go on and find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just uh, search for the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador in San Antonio. Hi folks, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News.
Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez at Conservador. And uh, we've got our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. I wanted to reach out to him and discuss um, what uh, his thoughts are regarding the, uh, the, the announcement by the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, last Wednesday, uh, what, uh, what their thoughts are regarding uh, what his thoughts are regarding the announcement and uh, what uh, could be the fallout, what could happen from this. Todd, thank you for taking time to be with us. We know that sure. they're going to lift, we know that the Biden administration is going to lift Title 42. We know that people are already gathering on the other side of, uh, of the border, ready to rush in. We know they're already coming in in good numbers. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts with the response that, um, with the comments that uh, the uh, governor made regarding shipping people elsewhere, as well as uh, giving the, um, the state troopers the authority to arrest people? What are your thoughts? Sure. Well, the governor came out with a plan, a new plan to deal with Title 42 lifting. And one of the plans that probably has gotten the most attention is the one that is actually has the fewest teeth, which is this thing about busing migrants from the border to Washington, D.C. Uh, that's just not going to be a real thing. People have to volunteer. You can't just round up migrants and put them on buses and force them you know, to drive halfway across the country. So a lot of that part was just kind of a shiny bauble that the media took and ran with but is meaningless. The real plan that actually is going to be impactful and already is as we speak was one that everybody ignored, which is that the Department of Public Safety is going to be put on the ports of entry to conduct, quote, enhanced safety inspections. And the governor mentioned in passing that this was going to really slow things down in terms of trade from Mexico into the United States. And that's exactly what happened. Within a day, DPS was out in at the bridge between Reynosa and Edinburgh, far, the FAR bridge, P-H-A-R-R, and backing up trucks for miles into Mexico by doing two, three, four safety inspections an hour on our side. Uh, as of the time we're talking today, uh, the plan is to move to the Laredo port of entry, which is the busiest land port for trucks in America by far. And the point of this, uh, according to them, is to, you know, enhance public safety, you know, get bad drivers off the road, make sure there's no drugs inside or uh, people uh, smuggling or anything like that. But the real kind of unspoken impact here is that Mexico's trade is going to stop. Fruit's going to rot in those trucks. Uh, delivery dates are going to be missed. Uh, there's going to be real economic pain for the Mexican government. And that's really what I think the point is for, for this. Uh, why would they want to do that? Well, we saw under Donald Trump when he threatened economic pain, meaning uh, tariffs uh, under Trump, the Mexican government complied and put troops everywhere and shut down the illegal mass migration that was going on at that time. And even though it's this is unspoken, I believe that this enhanced public, uh, uh, these enhanced safety inspections are designed to create that pain, to recreate that pain on the Mexicans, to drive them to clean up illegal immigration pulling up on their side of the border and you know one day when they start to finally do that maybe the pain will go away and they can start shipping their trucks and goods and uh, deliveries into the United States that to me is far more significant it's a diplomatic pressure move it's a power move by a state to take over diplomatic functions from the US State Department and the presidency you know, this uh, this morning, uh, the, uh, Jan Psaki from the uh, White House 
from the Biden White House said um, that it was uh, she agreed basically with you that it's impossible not uh, it's it's not going to happen that uh, the buses uh, with uh, illegal aliens are not going to go from Texas to D.C. and just dump them uh, because it's voluntary. However, they completely fail to mention anything about the tightening of border restrict or, uh, 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 of the border uh, examinations. And, um, I, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that if that happens, Mexico will immediately react to it. It's already happening right now. There, You can look up on the bridge cams, uh, the Far Reynosa bridge cam and the webcam and see it. Uh, those trucks are backed up by the hundreds into Mexico, and that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, the bus, the busing of migrants is too irrelevant for me to want to even discuss. It's just kind of a stupid side thing. Uh, not interested. But this thing is a very significant development, the first time ever that a state government is going to punish a sovereign nation like this with real economic pain. Uh, I would anticipate that the uh, Biden administration in very short order is going to have to move uh, uh, legally, uh, maybe um, file for an injunction to force DPS to stop these safety measures. And it'll be really interesting. I I think that, that in short order, the Mexican government will have to file a complaint with the Biden administration about what's happening down there Unfortunately, um, you know, I may be the only reporter in America who's even reporting on this. There's just nobody is reporting on this massive backlog of trucks. But that's going to change, too, because the port of Laredo is, like I said, the busiest land port for trucks by far in America. 2.6 million trucks crossed through there in 2021. The other top 10 um, ports. Uh, there are four other Texas ports that are that are next in line. They're in the top ten busiest, and so uh, this these safety inspections have the capability to cause real pain for Mexico. So go ahead and ignore this to your heart's content, everybody. But you're not going to be able to for long. This thing is going to ramp up, and it's going to be a major diplomatic. Uh, border story here shortly. Do you think? Uh, do you think the um, they'll be able to in, at least claim that they're do, trying to intercept all of the fentanyl that's coming in? I mean, that would definitely. I, mean, be... I think that's just gravy. I don't think that's the purpose of this operation. No, but I mean that I that think... could be an argument, could it not? I mean, that could be just an argument for that they could use. Oh yeah, well, they're, they're, that's what they're saying. They're saying you know we're going to be able to pull drugs off and bad drivers and catch uh, illegal smuggling of other kinds of drugs, uh, et cetera. And that's certainly within the state of Texas's domain. They can do that. But inflicting uh, economic pain is, is is the number one thing, do you think? Oh, totally. That's what this is all about. Now, they, they if they say that out loud, if they, if they ever cop to that, to anything other than, well, we're just trying to keep, you know, unsafe trucks off the road, uh, that would be used in court immediately uh, as because, uh, you know, one thing that a governor can't do is uh, impact international trade, yeah. stop international trade. There, there are uh, press. There's a lot of precedent for that. So uh, they're going to have to hope that this that, the, that this other explanation carries the day. Right. But in the meantime, you know, Mexico should know that this could be made to go away pretty quickly. Just clear out the migrants and bring them back to Guatemala. There you go. There you go. Next thing you know, the trucks are running. There you go. We've done, we've done our public safety duty enough. Uh, I agree. I agree 100%. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is such, this is such a convoluted, com- complicated situation that has been created. By 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 decades of uh, looking the other way when it was convenient. Uh, of well, a, of just don't get lost. Don't get distracted by the uh, shiny bauble about the bus thing right, to Washington because exactly. this is the one to watch. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. Economics 
is always the bottom line. It sure worked under Trump. Yep. The Mexicans hopped to it right away. That's right. That's sure, it sure did. All right, my man, tell uh, tell the folks how they can follow you, where they can find you, and uh, about your book. That's right. You can reach me at, uh, you can follow me at tbensman at better. And my book is America's Covert Border War, about the jihadist threat coming over that border along with everybody else. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good buddy, Mr. Todd Bensman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd, thank you very much for uh, giving us the bottom line and, and, and focusing on, uh, on what we need to focus on. Thank you very much for having me. Happy to do it. You got it. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, in San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And uh, we've got uh, a friend of ours, a uh, guest, uh, Mr. Dave Gibson. And Dave uh, Chronicles puts together a uh, posting uh, in social media called Illegal Alien Crime Report. And he does exactly what that says. He tracks the illegal alien crimes that are happening uh, around the, the around the country. Uh, which uh, many times, many times, my friends, the mainstream media ignores, as well as the politicians uh, ignore or are oblivious to. But I wanted to get him on because uh, with Title 42 on the verge of being removed, uh, the tide, uh, the tsunami of uh, illegal aliens is uh, already in full, uh, it, it, it's going on right now. It's in full blast, and it's going to get worse. And among all those people crossing, my friends, you know that there are people who are not only sick with COVID and scabies and who knows what, TB, but there are also people who are criminals, criminals. And that's what I want to talk to Dave about, the people who are criminals, particularly child molesters. Not only are they criminals being caught at the border, but they are criminals that are caught in the act in the United States of uh, molesting kids. Dave, welcome to the show. Talk to us about this situation. Thank you, George. Um, you know, what we're, we're constantly being told, well, that, you know, they're only here to work. They're coming here and seeking a better life. Unfortunately... They also bring uh, a hell of a lot of crime with them. One of the things that no one wants to talk about, I've never heard anyone else talk about or write about it, is the fact that, that uh, the age of sexual consent throughout most of Mexico, uh, the, mo most of the, the, the states in Mexico, is only 12. Wow. And so that's attitude is brought here when they come over the border. They don't lose that and, and they obviously they have no respect for our borders, no respect. Their first act in this country is a is a is a, crim, is a crime. They have no respect for our laws. They have no respect for for uh, our customs, our and our children. Um, I, I'll give you some examples. Um and you know, like you said, it's not just, of course, at the border where uh, this is happening. At one time, illegal immigration and the crimes that went along with it was viewed, seen as only a regional issue for the southwest United States. So that's, of course, changed over the, the last couple of decades, really. Um, it's They get into the interior of this country, and it's it, the crime has spread with them. Last uh, month, March 2022, there were 110 uh, separate child sex assault charges, 110 filed against illegal aliens in North Carolina. That's one month. Wow. <laughs> Last year, for 2021, there were 
1,204 child sexual assault charges filed against illegal aliens just in North Carolina. Now, those are the ones they caught. So, um, seven, you know, I, I just put an article out uh, a few minutes ago. 75% of the child sex assault charges filed in North Carolina last month in March. 75% of those crimes took place in North Carolina's sanctuary counties where they had these, these sheriffs who have uh, who, who refused. There are seven counties in North Carolina where the sheriff of the county has refused to, to cooperate with ICE, will not enforce ICE detainers, will not report them to ICE, and that's the case uh, in so many places. Sanctuary cities and counties are attracting them. Birmingham, Alabama, for example, uh, I didn't know until recently, is a sanctuary city. Within uh, 10 days, between the, uh, March 14th and March 24th, this, this past, this last month, there were... Uh, Two illegal aliens. One was arrested uh, and charged with two counts of sexual abuse of a child, uh, decent liberty, multiple child sex assault charges. He was released, given bond and released the very same day. Armando Zamora Tapia. That was in, in Birmingham. Well, 10 days later, another illegal alien. Uh, pleaded guilty to multiple uh, child porn charges. He had been arrested in Birmingham, and the only reason they got him is because he was wanted for other things, and U.S. Marshals picked him up and put him in federal custody. He, because Birmingham had released him on other charges over and over and over again. And what you see so much is these, these guys will... I know that Mecklenburg County, where Charlotte is, I mean, that... Uh, that. Oh, that's just, that's <laughs> where the bulk, honestly, and this article I've got up, I just put up on uh, Legal Alien, my website, LegalAlienCrimeReport.com, uh, 75% of child sex assault charges against legal aliens filed in North Carolina sanctuary counties. Most of those came from from Mecklenburg County. And he, you know, it, I, it's gotten to be, they're so in, entrenched now in this country. Um, it's something that, and you'll hear uh, you know, with the angel parents, angel moms, uh, some Republican elected officials, and of course Trump was was the first president since Eisenhower who did anything about this issue, even talked about it. Um, and of course he, he, we saw what how he was repaid for that. Um, it, the, uh, the the Republican politicians will talk about. Americans being killed by illegal aliens. A handful of them will now. But none of them will talk about this, the unspeakable acts that they commit against our children in huge numbers every day all across this country. And, you know, another thing that, that you know, uh, beyond just the Latino culture this Latino uh, lower class culture uh, in Latin America, where you know you've got these uh, ideas of child uh, indentured to or in, 
uh-huh. and servitude and that kind of stuff. Uh, there's also the issue of, um, you know, the Middle East where you've got uh, child brides as well. Uh, that's going to be, and that is very, very heavily defended because it's cultural. And, uh, and you know, at what point, uh, you know, do you uh, look the other way on this kind of of child abuse, uh, as well as uh, the issue of uh, uh, of uh, uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, bride uh, or, or spousal uh, abuse? Uh, Murder sometimes uh, of of girls. I mean, so at, at what time? These, these, when do uh, we stop that? The honor, the honor killing. The honor killing. Yes. Yeah. When do we and, stop that? For crying out loud! When do we say no? That's not cultural. That's murder. Well, yeah, we have. Uh, I give you an example. Of this we had. Um, uh, they were all Muslims. They. Uh, this was in. Uh, um, this is around the middle, early, not early, early in early March in Utah. There were three Afri- so-called African migrants um, came to this gang raped a fourteen-year-old girl. They all three pleaded guilty. This happened. This occurred in 2017, uh, and the gang raped. A an unconscious fourteen year old girl. They had gotten her drunk and drugged her, and they and of course one of them used a cell phone to to record the whole thing. It wasn't much the argument they could make. Uh, and what happens? This was in West Jordan, Utah. Third uh, District Judge Douglas Hogan sentenced them to 48 months of probation. Oh, and nothing. God. Nothing. My goodness. And you hear about uh, cultural differences in these liberal, these left-wing judges uh, take these cultural differences into account when they, when they sentence them. And you know, it, it's it's outrageous, is what it is. <laughs> it, it, it's outrageous. Oh, hey, yeah, listen! Our children are being assaulted right now from I mean every which way, every, from every direction. You got it. Listen, we need to uh, we need to close up. Why don't we? Why don't you tell folks where they can follow you? Because um, sure. I really would like for them to uh, to know. Uh, where they can go look up statistics and um, and incidents. I mean, uh, chronicled incidents of what is happening uh, as far as illegal alien crime, sometimes in their own backyards and they don't even know it. So tell the folks how they can follow you. Sure. Uh, I, I run uh, United States Illegal Alien Crime Report, and that's you can go to IllegalAlienCrimeReport.com, one word, IllegalAlienCrimeReport.com. And you can find uh, me on, uh, you can read all my articles on uh, there, or you can go to Facebook, go to Dave Gibson's Illegal Alien Crime Report page on Facebook. Also, uh, I, I, along with uh, uh, a great many uh, very good writers, are chronicling this, uh, really the, the, the demise of, of this country right now, through the uh, unchecked immigration over at US Inc. Uh, it's usinc.org. Yep. And check out the blog over there. And uh, George, I want to thank you for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, my thank pleasure. You for every, and, and more than that, I thank you for everything that you do. I know how hard you work and what you put into this uh, every day. And. Uh, Thank you very much. Dave, you have a good one. Folks, we've been talking with our good friend Dave Gibson with uh, uh, Illegal Alien Crime Report. Dave, you stay safe, my man. Thank you, George. You do the same. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. 
Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and I'm here with Crystal Keene. She is president of Parents for Freedom in San Antonio, and uh, she is working very, very hard on the issue of uh, having the uh, having parents be the deciders of uh, issues regarding uh, sexual education and that kind of stuff, uh, masks and other stuff like that, to... Um, that they should be the ones that uh, decide uh, their children's uh, future and well-being on these uh, on these uh, issues, other than writing, re- reading, and arithmetic, which it seems to go by, have gone by the side. So uh, I wanted to get Crystal. She's been on our show before, but I wanted to ask her to give us an update of what's going on and what are the continuing challenges. Crystal, thank you for being with us. Tell us, give us an update, and what's uh, you know what challenges continue to happen. Thank you so much for having me on again. And um, we're currently in campaign season. We have three school board candidates for the NEIC school district. And uh, early voting starts April 25th through May 3rd. Election day is May 7th. And uh, we're working hard to get these candidates in and have uh, parents have a greater voice on um, in their children's education in the school board, school district as a whole. Uh, we've seen time and time again that the current School board people are, uh, they look at the parents as uh, inconveniences. They talk down to them with disrespect. Um, and, you know, you can look at these things. Um, site. You can see the school board meetings, and it's just a pattern, um, and we're trying to change that. We want the parents to have uh, more of a say with their children and want to restore healthy education back in our school system. Um, in, in other states, we have seen... Uh, a an absolute I'll, I'll call it a backlash against um, against uh, the boards of education as they try to uh, stonewall the uh, the parents uh, involvement uh, we've seen uh, in a, a major change in uh, Virginia for example in the state of Virginia um, what are some of the things that have been going on here locally on uh, as far as the the school boards not paying attention to the parents well, I think um, the, the school boards have called parents out to voice their concerns over certain issues. Um, and when the parents come and uh, give their um, their grievances or uh, thoughts on different situations, if it's something that they disagree with, they talk down to them, they bully them, it's intimidating. Um, those are their tactics over and over again. And uh, us as parents are not okay with that. You know, we're taxpayers. Even if you don't have children in the school, it's still very important. The majority of our property taxes go to the school district. And I think that us as voters, as their constituents, we have a voice in this and um, the education of the children. The, the education that they receive in these schools affect our society as a whole. These children go through these systems and then the voters, they become managers of these corporations eventually. And um, they're shaping our society. Uh, and I think it's important that we as parents pay attention. I have parents all the time. Some of the stories that they tell me are just so sad and scary. I've been sent lessons that are being taught within NEISD. Um, and, you know, the problems are there. The things that we're hearing around the country, they're here in San Antonio also and in our schools. As parents, we want to make sure that our kids are free from political indoctrination in our, in our education system. And academic uh, education, you know, let's focus on reading, writing, math. Um, they don't even teach cursive anymore. And that's ridiculous, something so basic. Uh, I don't think other countries like China are worried about uh, political agendas and yeah political correctness in the classroom they are educating their students at the highest level and right now we're at the bare minimum i believe that Uh, my son personally he went through a charter school he also attended an neisd school and i see a huge difference uh the charter schools he got a much better education than he did when he went to an neisd school one of the things that i have seen personally are children who uh, have become traumatized because of uh covid and the masks and uh, I saw it very clearly in this past Fiesta Week where some uh, children didn't want to even go participate in Fiesta Week because they were afraid of getting germs uh, or they uh, refused to take their masks off, uh, you know, wherever they went. 
Uh, is this something that uh, you're seeing that's very common? I mean, these kids traumatized? Yes, absolutely. There's children, you know, in the beginning of this pandemic, of course, we were all worried and scared. It was something unknown. But now that we are um, down the road, hindsight's twenty twenty. we know a lot more about this uh, virus than we did before. Um, and uh, I think that the children are traumatized. You know, they don't, they were told by some of their parents, you're going to die, you're going to kill people if you don't wear this mask. And here they are now where okay, we, we know what we know now, but they still don't want to be around people without a mask. And, of course, I believe that, you know, if you want to wear a mask, that's your own choice. But to traumatize the child on open records requests with the trustee emails, and I've seen some of the, some of the NEISD parents, and the things that they were saying were, I can't, I don't have another word for it. I mean, they were just basically saying that if they dropped the mask mandate, all the kids were going to die, they were going to go in the hospital, and it would be the NEISD school board voted against the mandate. And so my question is to them now is, well, what happened? You know, because they're saying all these things. None of those things happen. So I don't no. know. Yeah, I don't know where their mind changed after everything that I read. Well, so uh, at this point, um, you've got the elections coming up. What other challenges do you see that are that that uh, continue, you know, to, to be in the way for for your efforts? Um, I think the biggest thing is getting the word out that there is a school board election. A lot of people aren't aware of it. So the, the biggest thing is word, talking to voters, seeing what their concerns are, and um, addressing those concerns voters to the parents, to the grandparents, to the taxpayer. This is, a, uh, this is something that affects all of us and our society as a whole. So It's been very, very interesting because I, I heard uh, this morning that uh, the um, National Association of, of uh, Educators or National or the Teachers Association, NEA, mm-hmm. They uh, are going to be having a series of, uh, of rallies and meetings around the country uh, to counter the efforts by, pers- by parents to take over the boards or to, or, or to tell the boards what to do. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think they have a lot of money. We've seen on the, on the left side, they have a lot of money and people backing them. They're scared. You know, uh, we, the parents, have risen up. We've been awoken to uh, this all before. Um, and I think that they're worried. But I think their ultimate goal through things that we've seen with the curriculum, with education, they're trying to take the parent out of the picture. And that can't happen. Um, I feel like they want the children to be different ultimately and um, not even... Think- Tell the folks uh, how they can support you or how they can find you. Uh, you can find us at reimagineisd.com. And uh, we are Parents United for Freedom, and we're, we're working hard right now with NEISD, but we plan to uh, parents of all school districts and in, in the uh, community and uh, that affect all of our children, uh, whether public education system or not. So we want to be that resource for all parents. You got it. Again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend, uh, Ms. Crystal Keene, and um, we'll be following you, and uh, we'll get you back on the air as, as uh, things move, move along. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us today. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Let me emphasize once again that we want to thank our sponsor, uh, the uh, uh, folks over at Border Hawk News. Thank you very much for for sponsoring our program. Uh, We are constantly looking for uh, folks to sponsor us on other shows, uh, or should I say on other uh, radio stations uh, in in other communities. Uh, If you uh, have, uh, if you know of someone who would like to sponsor our program, who is not afraid, very important, my friends, who is not afraid of the woke people of the cancel culture, uh, please let us know. We, we uh, desperately, we very much want to expand our show and we want uh, to find uh, some uh, folks who will buy time on our radio, on the radio stations. So let me thank, um, let me thank Preston Hannikins from FAIR for being on our show today. Also, Mr. Todd Benzman, very good guy, very good friend from the Center for Immigration Studies. Dave Gibson, who is absolutely a great guy. Uh, I want to thank him uh, from uh, a, 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 with the um, Illegal Alien Crime Report. And uh, finally, I want to thank uh, Ms. Crystal Keene for the battle that she is doing at the local level uh, to keep school boards accountable, my friends. All of this stuff that we are seeing at the national level, it all started, believe it or not, it all started at the local level in the schools. I mean, we have had since 1965, we have had a drifting of values and a drifting of politics to the left to the point now where we've got people in charge who actually don't believe, don't believe that we need a border. That's why we're in the condition that we're in. They don't think we need a border. They don't think we need an army. They don't think 
They think they can stop the world, the, the climate from changing. <laughs> I mean, really, they, uh, they are magicians. They think they can stop the ice ages. They think they can stop uh, comets and, and objects from space hurling into, uh, into the earth. Uh, these people, my friends, have a, an enormous sense of self-importance. And that's due to what the, how they were taught in the schools. We have too many parents that advocated, that, that gave up that their, their, their parental rights. So, my friends, I want to thank everyone. I want to, again, emphasize to you that if you're looking for someone, uh, if you're looking uh, for a speaker, I am more than available. I can give you uh, what is happening as far as uh, the news on the border, but I can also talk to you about race relations as well as the whole issue of the fake news that we have to deal with. The fake news, my friends, you know, uh, one of the favorite things that I like to tell people is that if the truth makes us free, as Scripture says, as if the truth makes us free, then fake news will enslave us. And that's what we need to, uh, to fight. Our show does exactly that. We fight uh, fake news because we, we expose what, the, the, what, what is happening. We expose the truth. And once you do that, my friends, uh, truth has a sanitizing effect on, uh, on, on, on these lies that are being per- perpetrated. So, without further ado, thank you very much once again. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me in the... Uh, 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 on the website El Conservador but please, please keep supporting us help us in any way that you can until next time my friends George Rodriguez El Conservador (laughs) 